0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. In the course of our lives as believers, God uses us as divine connections to bring his blessings into the lives of the people around us. And like Abraham, we have been blessed in order to be a blessing. Today's message is titled Divine Connections Part 2 from our series titled The Journey. Listen in, take notes, and I'll be with you at the end of the podcast. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm glad to see you today. And I'm glad you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is going to say to you today. Amen. Amen. It's good to have an ear to hear. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about the journey. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm on a journey. journey. And you're you're on a journey. Praise the Lord. We are on a journey together in Christ. And that journey, as we saw in the book of Third John chapter... Excuse me. 3 John verse 2 is that John the Apostle who walked with Jesus and referred to himself as the disciple who rested his head on Jesus' chest. The one who was there close to Jesus following him who gave up a family business to walk with Jesus. That John said, Beloved, I am praying for you, and I'm praying that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. And so we know, we've looked at the scriptures, and we found out that the word prosper means to be equipped for a journey, right? So this series is about the journey. What you have been prospered to accomplish is the journey that you're on. Amen. But you can't prosper on a journey you don't know you're on. If you don't realize your life is not about the destination you get to, your life is about the journey you're on right now. Amen. I know a lot of people who have been waiting to get to heaven, but guess what? You have been given the keys to the kingdom, which means you have the opportunity to unlock the door and enter heaven right here, right now. Amen. And heaven's going to be what you make it because you've been stewarded with the garden. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My, uh, Tammy and I were talking to uh, some people recently, and we were having a conversation with them, and, and they were asking some questions. And so, so as, we're an- as-, as we're answering questions, we're trying to allow them to understand that the real issues that we deal with in life are not about the circumstances. They're about the heart of man. Amen? Amen. Your circumstances have little to do with what you're actually experiencing. Your experiences are based on your interpretation of the things that you're experiencing. Amen? Amen? Which means your heart determines what you're actually experiencing. Amen? Two people walk into the movies and they watch the same movie. One is scared out of their mind, the other one's laughing. Why? Because your perception of what you're observing determines your responses. Amen? Amen? Amen. So if you're scared of what you see, then you say, I'm scared. If you look at what you see and say, that's Hollywood, that ain't real, and you're laughing, it's because your perception is different. And where does perception lie? Perception lies in the heart of an individual. Amen? So you can be walking through the valley of the shadow of death and feel like you're all by yourself, or you can say, praise the Lord, my God is with me. (laughs) What? What's the difference in perception? Do I see footprints in the sand? No, I just know God is with me. My face says God is with me. My face says God is right here by my side. Oops, no, he decided to be inside of me. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So my journey I'm walking on, I'm prospering on my journey because God is with me. Amen. And so I realize as I'm reading the scriptures that God is trying to show us something that your prosperity has five different dimensions. And the dimension that the world usually counts as the first one is actually the last one. <laughs> Amen. The world determines prosperity by how much stuff you have and how much resource you have, but your resources. Don't come from your efforts. Your real resources come from God. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody who believes your resources come from money and from how you do, then y'all want you to let your mind rewind to when American Express, excuse me, uh, Goldman Sachs, went belly up. Right. Amen. We want to rewind that tape. We all thought money was no good because the biggest holder of money said, we don't have no money. <laughs> Amen. we had money on paper <laughs> but now when it's time to call the money we don't have it so what does that mean all the markets of the world were in fluctuation everybody thought it was the end of the world you know why because the system that we live on is a delicate system put together with bubble gum and scotch tape Amen. Come on. and when the tape breaks everybody's in trouble Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And guess what? We're recreating the same foolishness. Amen. I met with, I was at work meeting with a young lady. This young lady makes close to $100,000. And she, this is what she told me. She said, I got to leave the area because I can't afford to live here. <laughs> yeah. She said, I can't afford to live downtown Oakland. I can't afford to live here. And guess what? Everybody think Oakland's the cheap place to move. (laughs) You better wake up. (laughs) Amen. So if your journey is based on natural circumstances and the things in the world, you're going to anxiously wait for something that is not. Amen. If you're going to live it up when you get all your cash, you're going to miss it. If you're going to do this or that when you get you and your ship comes in, guess what? The ship is here. Amen. Amen. (laughs) We have to be aware and cognizant that the journey that we're on, we're on it already. We are already on our journey. Ready or not, we are on our journey. Amen. You were on your journey when you came into the world. November 3rd, 1963, when my mother was in labor and, and passed me like a kidney stone. Whoop, he's out. <laughs> I was on my journey. Amen. And you were on your journey. I'm sorry, my wife, this, this, your birthday's coming and I'm still. <laughs> she, she got a sign for me when I'm off track. and i just saw her give me the sign so let me get back on track (laughs) hallelujah tell your neighbor say pastor pays attention amen (laughs) hallelujah we also saw in matthew chapter 6 verse 33 that if you seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and what happens all things get added to you but that means you need to seek the kingdom first amen Now, we've talked of it before. There are people who make billions of dollars and can't get along with their spouse. Amen. 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 And there's people who get along with their spouse that can't can't generate a dollar. (laughs) Amen. God's trying to bring us the total prosperity that you can get along with your spouse, you can have good kingdom relationships, and you can have resources, you can have other things, but they come not from seeking the things, but from seeking God's face, seeking God's presence, seeking his face. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and he will add all these things to us. Amen? Amen. So last time we talked about the first level of your prosperity is your covenant relationship with God. And we know that is based on your redemption. Your redemption is actually what opens the door for you to have all access to all that God is. Amen. When you say yes to God, then the name of Jesus, which is the name above every name, unlocks everything who God is to you. Which means that Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider, is your God. Amen. It means that Jehovah Rophe, the Lord, your healer. He's your God. It means the Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner, or the one who fights for you. He's your God. Amen. It means Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, your peace. He's where? He's your God. Amen. So everything God is, he has put into the name of Jesus that you might have access to all of who God is. So when everything going wrong in my life, I got to say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I serve Jesus who is Jehovah Shammah, excuse me, Jehovah Shalom, the God my peace, amen. He's Jehovah Rohi, the God who hears. When I cry out to God, he hears my cries, amen. So my first level of prosperity was my redemption. My redemption gave me access to God. And the Bible told in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 that we have boldness to enter and find grace to help in the time of need. Boldly before the throne of grace. In other words, grace through my redemption gives me total access to the kingdom. I can stand before God and not worry about whether God is, is mad at me because I fell three days ago. Amen. Or if I tripped over the threshold coming into the throne room. (laughs) Amen. Come on. Come on. God receives me covered in the blood of Jesus without thought to what I am besides redeemed. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, say, you're beautiful because you're redeemed. And your father loves you. Tell him your father loves you. Come on. Amen. Come on. If you don't get excited about nothing else, you need to get excited about that right there. Amen. Amen. Come on. The second thing is what we talked about last week is divine connections, which is the journey, second layer of your prosperity, which is God prospers you through the people who he brings you in contact to in life. In other words, Abraham didn't just become blessed of God. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 12 and look at that again. Genesis chapter 12. I want you to look closely. In Genesis chapter 12, we see uh, God speaking to Moses and he says to Moses, Now the Lord had said to Abram, and remember his name is Abram before he becomes Abraham, which means God has not even established a covenant with him yet. All right, y'all didn't get that. Listen, come on. God is going to establish a covenant, but he hasn't established it yet, because when he establishes a covenant with Abram, he changes his name to Abraham. But before he's even the man with the favor of God, God has to speak something to him to get him to know what's coming. Amen. Come on. Get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, to a land I will show you, I will make you a great nation, a man When no kids is told by God, I'm going to make you a great nation. (laughs) Amen. We said last week, you can't become a great nation inside another nation. Amen. Amen. I will barack you and make your name great. I will bless you and make your name great. In other words, God said, my blessing is going to make your name great great amen Tell your neighbor say your name is being made great because of god's blessing on you amen and you shall be a blessing you're going to be a blessing amen come on this is god's promise to abraham I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be baracked, which is to be blessed. Amen. So listen, this is what I want you to grasp. I want you to grasp real quick. We said last week, you are blessed to be a blessing, which means you need to enter every situation, not thinking about what you get out of it, but what you're giving to it. Every situation you walk into, you should be thinking, Lord, what do you want me to give into the situation? Lord, what do you want me to give? Why? Because I'm blessed to be a blessing. And when you know you're blessed, you are more generous. So the enemy's always going to make you think you suffer lack or you don't have or you ain't ready or you don't you aren't whatever to make you not be the generous person God has created you to be. Oh, man, y'all don't. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. I'm, I'm exposing the enemy in your life. Amen. Amen. Kingdom relationships are based on giving and receiving, giving first and understanding God always gets it back to me. Amen. Amen. Who I give to don't have to be the one to give it back to me. Amen. I give knowing God's got my back. Amen. Come on. Ephesians chapter six. It tells us whatsoever good you do, God will do it back to you. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Give and it will be given back. What? To you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give to your bosom. What? It's a principle. If you give, it's going to be given back to you. So guess what? God's design for you is for you to become a giver. Yeah. Amen. And some people believe, oh, I'll just give some money. Uh, no, 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 no. No. Become a giver. Yeah. Amen. A giver. <laughs> All right. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, if you, it, come, I'm telling you, Pastor Edward already told you something's coming. So if you don't get this, you ain't ready for that. Amen. Amen. Come on, get on the train with me. Amen. Amen. So key point we talked about last week was God cr- created and designed man for fellowship with him and with others. God created us for fellowship. He wanted to fellowship with us, but then he didn't leave man alone. He made woman, Eve, a, uh, someone comparable to him that they would have fellowship and be partnered in the work that God had given them to do. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's not good good. for you to be alone. alone. Amen. Key point number two, you've been made a divine connection in the lives of your oikos. In other words, you are the divine connection. You are people's connection to God. Let's put it that way. Amen. Amen. When you think about the people you experience, you encounter, you've been made the divine connection to their God. God makes you the one who's able to bring his kingdom into other people's lives. Amen. <laughs> Key point number 3. Our divine connections call us to spiritual maturity. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17. Proverbs 27:17. Say divine connections proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 if you have an opportunity please read actually let me not, let me say it differently take an opportunity <laughs> to please read all of proverbs 27 amen if you read all of proverbs 27 it will give you an even deeper context to what i'm going to point out to you right now amen Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Say one more time, divine connections. We said last week that God sends people into our lives to sharpen us. And when God sends people into your life to sharpen you, one of the things that you must be aware of is that God doesn't send people to you who are not capable of sharpening you. Amen. Amen. And so the harder you are, the harder the person God sends into your life to sharpen you, because iron sharpens iron. Amen? So if you're expecting the people in your life to whisper in your ear and tell you, you know, you're good, but if you just make this little adjustment, you ain't going to respond. Amen? Amen. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you think about doing things this way? You ain't responding to that. You know why? Because that ain't who you are. (laughs) If you are that kind of person, then that will be helpful for you. But if you're the kind of person who is iron then only iron will sharpen you. Amen. But unfortunately, when iron comes into our lives, we try to get iron out of our lives. Amen. When iron comes to sharpen us, we try to get out of Dodge. Amen. So I'm going to tell them myself. So I, how am I going to say this? I'm going to say it without saying what I don't want to say. So let me say this. I, 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 I'm sitting down with this man and the man asked me some questions and I'm answering the questions and then he starts answering me some harder questions and I'm answering the questions and then the man asked me a, another question and I'm thinking, why is he coming so hard at me? <laughs> why is this man coming so hard at me? That's the first thing I'm thinking to myself. So I leave the meeting And I go on about my business. And a little while later, the Lord said, call the man. I said, I ain't calling that man. (laughs) And I refused. I argued with God. I refused to call that man back because that man had me on the carpet. Iron was sharpening iron, and I was running from that iron. Amen. Amen. What is an iron? In this passage, it is talking specifically about an axe head. An axe head sharpens another axe head. And if you're going to be sharp to the level where God has called you to be, you're going to have to let yourself be sharpened by an axe that's sharper than you. Yes. Amen. 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 And, it don't, and, I, and nobody wants that kind of sharpening. Amen. Amen. We all say, oh, yes, I, I'm open to feedback. And some of you get some feedback and get your feelings hurt. Amen. 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 We do these 360 assessments at work, and so somebody has to, uh, a manager has to voluntarily allow their manager, their peers, their direct reports, and other people that work with them all give them feedback. And we have a chart that we show them before they get the report. That when you get the report, here's the range of emotions that you're going to have. (laughs) Step one, anger. Step two, confusion. Step three, denial. Step four, acceptance, unless you go back to anger. (laughs) Amen. And I sit down with people and I start talking to them and automatically I already know certain lines I'm going to hear. I know who said that. I already know who said that. Well, this person, they they don't understand what my job is. They don't understand. Your boss don't understand what your job is. (laughs) Oh, he don't know everything I do. No, he knows what you're doing. (laughs) Amen. Well, I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because we run from feedback. We run from feedback because we don't really, we haven't come to be, we haven't come to value the fact that God uses people to bless our lives by being iron to us. By being strong in our lives, strong enough to speak into our lives, strong enough to speak to our lives, strong enough to speak the things that we need to hear. Not speaking them angry, but speaking the truth in love. Amen. So if you are a truth teller, you don't get to be mean telling your truth. Amen. Well, I just had to tell them. No, no, you didn't just have to tell them, you should have told them in love. Amen. My mom would say stuff to me and I'd be mad she said it. And then I would go back and, and it would sink in. Why? Because my mom loved me and I knew my mother loved me. So even when I heard something I didn't want to hear, I knew she loved me. So you know what? Eventually I would submit. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Turn to Proverbs excuse me, Ephesians chapter four. Now I asked everybody to go home and read Ephesians four, 11 through 16 last week. Amen. Do I need to have a show of hands of who actually went home and read it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. His grace is sufficient for? <laughs> somebody say all. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to move quickly through a couple of things here. So I want you to stay with me. And I want you to really hear because you're going to, I'm, I'm iron today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to be iron man today. Amen. Verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are called fivefold ministry gifts. These are church leadership that God has set in order in order to lead the operation of the church. Amen? Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. In other words, the fivefold ministry's responsibility is to equip believers for their work of ministry. In other words, my job, if I do it properly, is to equip you. To do what God's called you to do. Amen? Amen. But everybody has to have a shepherd. Which means I have to be sharpened myself. Amen. 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 I, I have to have somebody to guide me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Nobody gets out. Amen. Amen. That's why he made fivefold ministry. In other words, you can't be a solo prophet. <laughs> Amen. You don't get to be the solo prophet. Amen. You don't get to be the solo teacher. You don't get to be the solo apostle. You don't get to be the solo anything. You are part of a team of people called to accomplish what God has called us all to do. Amen. 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 Now, listen. Verse 13. Till, it means there's a, a length of time that this is in place. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, I will need fivefold leadership in my life until I look so much like Jesus that I'm living up to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Amen. 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 That's why, that's why uh, we're told don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, as has become the custom of some. In other words, don't stop coming together as a body of Christ because you need to be in the body of Christ until you look like Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. In other words, there's all kinds of doctrine in the world. And we can't be tossed to and fro by things that come. That's part of the fivefold ministry is helping us to know what the doctrine of Christ is. Don't get tossed by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. There are people out there trying to deceive. Amen. 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 Unfortunately, we had a deceiver came in here. Now, did I call them by name? Am I going to tell you who they are now? No. (laughs) Why? Because you don't need to know. You just need to know the truth. Because see, when you know the truth, a deceiver can't deceive you. Because see, I can't point out any deceiver that comes in the room. Because you know why? It would be, I can't keep calling names. And then everybody starts looking for deceivers. And then this love gets ceased because we don't trust anybody. So your defense against deceivers is to know the truth. And I'm going to equip you to know the truth so you can find a deceiver when you hear him. Because when a deceiver opens their mouth, you will soon find out they are deceivers. It don't take a lot. You're going to find out. If you listen, you'll hear them. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Come on, I'm sharpening you. And don't sit here trying to figure out who it was. Amen. (laughs) If you have not been deceived, then you don't worry about it. Amen. But you need to know the reality, they are cunning, they are deceivers, they are cunning crafty, and they try to get in and they try to deceive people. And if you're not paying attention to the truth, you will bite an apple and lose your inheritance. You know, do you know why Satan got them to eat an apple? I want you to think about it. Satan specifically tried to get them to eat because Satan lost his inheritance. And in place of him, God shaped and formed Adam in his face. (laughs) You know who you are. Amen. Amen. See, the Bible says this. Listen, listen. We're told in the book of Ezekiel that Satan was cast out of heaven, right? So he's cast out of heaven where? To the earth, right? But then the Bible says in the beginning, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the world was without form. The word without form in Hebrew means the world was in chaos. So what happened? God cast him out of heaven to the earth. And on the earth, God said, now let there be light. Let me call this thing into order. With him in chaos here on the earth, let me call things into order. Let me shape a garden. Let me put a man in it. Let me give man. You have dominion over everything on this planet. (laughs) I formed and shaped something. God said, I formed and I shaped this. I'm making stuff around that demon. And guess what? I give man dominion. That's why in the book of Psalm chapter 8, the angels say, what is man that you, you, you're so mindful of man. What is he, he's not, you made him a little bit lower than you. You know who you are. You know who you are, who you've been called to be. You've been called to have dominion in the world. And when Christ has come, he said to you, I want you to raise to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that you not be deceived by the trickery of the satanic rule things in the world. That you not fall prey to those things. That you not be deceived by those things. That you not be cheated by those things but you actually become who you've been called to become. Amen. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Amen. Verse 15. But speaking The truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. Amen. Amen. We're called to speak to each other good things. We're called to speak the word to each other, causing each other to grow up into the head of Christ. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to prophesy to each other, build each other up, strengthen each other, build each other up, strengthen continually. Until we all grow to maturity in the things of God. A body of Christ should be a group of people who together grow up to maturity in the things of God. And we all get to the point where we all look like Jesus. We all look like him. We all walk like him. We all go about doing good, freeing those that are oppressed of the devil because God is with us. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Come on. But speaking the truth, verse 15, speaking the truth in love may grow empt up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. Now, God has designed the body of Christ so that we are all members of that body. Amen. And I can never come to fully look like Jesus until you go there with me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So you can't be fully mature in the things of God To the people with you, go with you to the things. Because God's desire for us to walk in love. By this all men will know you're my my disciples because you have loved one for another. And you realize you're not growing nowhere without the person next to you. See, the world is full of individuals that want to be high achievers. And they'll be achieved without everybody else if necessary. But that's not how God's made the kingdom. You shall not be so because the greatest of you will become the servant of all. Come on, if you desire to be great, guess what? You ain't going to be great trying to be great. You're going to be ge- great trying to serve yeah. others, yeah. serve the body of Christ, serve the people around you. Serve them and your greatness together will rise. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on, your greatness will increase when you learn to bless the people around you. Amen. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. Verse 16. From whom? The whole body. Tell your neighbor, say the whole body. 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 Joined. Joined. Come on, tell it a minute. Joined. Joined. And knit together. Come on. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, say, I'm knit together with you. Listen, listen, I want want to point out something. I want to point out something. Y'all see this shirt? Y'all like that shirt? I like that. I like that color. I had to get this shirt. I saw it and I had to get this shirt. This color was getting me. Amen. But when you get up close on the shirt, you'll notice that the shirt is a woven material. Amen. And, and, and so it gives it like a texture. So when you look at it, you say, oh, man, that, this shirt's got a little shimmer to it. What is it? It's the weave. It's the thread over here and the thread over there and the thread over here and the thread over there that have all been woven together to make this shirt. Amen. Amen. So now you don't know, you don't see the threads. You just see the shirt. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You don't see the thread. You see the shirt. Yeah. Amen. And the shirt looks good. Amen. Yeah. Why? It looks better than the individual threads. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if I took a piece of thread out of this shirt and dropped it on the floor, you wouldn't even see the thread. That thread would disappear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you'll still see the shirt. Amen. Amen. But I might have a a little mark where that thread was pulled out. You You ever had a thread and you pulled it and left that space in there? But something's missing. Man, that's a nice shirt. But why is that thread missing? Why is that missing? Amen. That means the body of Christ is like that. And if something's not here that's supposed to be knit in here, it's missing. And it doesn't look like it should look. Come on. If something's missing, it doesn't look like it ought to look because God has woven it together and made it look a certain way for his glory. Amen. 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 From whom the whole body is joined and knit together. You are knit together with the person sitting next to you. Amen. Amen. You're knit together. We become a body of Christ. We get knit together. Look, look at this. Yeah. Knit together. What knits us together? What every joint supplies. Yeah. Amen. You supply something to this church. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you supply something. Amen. Yeah. Amen. When we have corporate worship, corporate wor- worship sounds different with five people than it does with ten. Yeah. Right. And it sounds different with twenty than it did with ten. And it sounds different with 40 than it did with 10. So if you come in and you participate in the worship, there's a change in the sound. Why? Because you're contributing something. Amen. And we know that worship is the only thing that a human being can give to God that God didn't give to you. Amen. 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 It's worship, worship, amen. So if we come together and we worship, we are offering to God the only thing we can give him that he didn't give us first. So man, what happens in our worship when we come together and we're knit together in the flow of worship? Amen. Amen. What every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Yes. In other words, you're here to, to, to actually make a contribution of something you have. Amen. Yes. <laughs> When we all give something, it causes growth of the body. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When, the bo- when does the body grow? When everybody contributes. When everybody gives something to the body of Christ, we all grow for the edifying of itself in love. The only way a church is encouraged is for the people in the church to encourage one another. Amen. Amen. Come, come on. Amen. Come on. If you walk in the doors and it's a sad church, don't walk out saying, What a sad church. Encourage somebody at that church. Bless them. Why? Because you're part of the body of Christ. Amen. We don't not become bodies because we're in different buildings. Amen. We, we, don't stop, we don't cease to become connected because we're not in the same building. I'll take you, look, if I took your body and put you and took a little cell and put it under a microscope, what we see is different cells who have space between each other, but they're all unified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. Come on. Okay, why is this important? The body has to be joined together so every bark does its share. When we contribute to the divine to the body, our divine connection causes us to prosper and grow as a body. If somebody starts a business, there are certain aspects of the business that have to be there. There has to be, number one, somebody who is responsible to create the product or service that we're going to use. Amen? First thing, right? Then you have to have somebody who's responsible for delivery of that product or service once it's created. Amen? Then you have to have somebody who is Responsible for making sure there's enough resource for us to make or to provide that thing. Amen? And then we have to have somebody who is actually going to sell this thing and make sure that when we show up to do it, that somebody's actually there to buy it. Amen? If you don't have those four elements, you don't have a business. (laughs) You have a hobby. (laughs) Or you have something else, but you don't have a business because if the phone ain't ringing, you ain't in business. Amen. So if the pieces aren't there and the people are calling and you can't produce it, you ain't in business. Amen. Amen. So what is a church without the right pieces? Amen. Amen. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flash these. Ne- don't go there. Just look up at the screen. We're going to flash these, these passages, a couple of passages for you, and I'm going to explain a couple of things real quick because um, I want you to grasp what I'm getting ready to tell you because I haven't got to Revelation yet. Amen? Yeah. Grasp what I'm going to tell you because you've got to get this. Ephesians 1 and 18 and this is Paul praying for the people of Ephesus. He said, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. 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 Now, I showed you guys this before. So, you know, turn to your neighbor and say, you are holding my inheritance. Amen. He said, I'm playing that your eyes of your understanding get flooded with light because you need to know the person sitting next to you has your kingdom inheritance inside of them. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. Stuff you're looking for is inside your neighbor. Amen. You don't have what you need. They got what you need. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Come on. My back cannot scratch itself. If my back is itching, it's, it's calling out something. I need something. I need something. What? I need oh, something. Something's bothering me. I can't do, can't, it can't do nothing for itself. What does it need? It needs the hand to come over that shoulder. <sighs> Bring relief. Amen. And if you got to get real creative, you got to go under the backside. Come on. You got to come up, come up on the other side and scratch it with that index finger, right? Come on. You got, but, but, but no matter what, it can't take care of itself. It has to have help from another part of the body. Yeah. Amen. See, divine connections are how God has placed us in the body to complement one another and to be a blessing to one another. Yeah. But you know you have an adversary, right? First thing you need to understand is that your inheritance is in the people sitting near you. Your inheritance is in the oikos that you have around you. The inheritance that you have is in those individuals who God has supernaturally put into your presence or brings into your presence for his purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. You see, Moses' blessing was in Pharaoh's daughter. Because Moses' mother had served near the daughter, and so when the baby was placed in the water to escape the genocide that was happening, the mother put the baby in the water, floating the baby in the direction. And so this woman grabs him out of the water and raises him in Pharaoh's house, which gives Moses an opportunity to grow up in the house of Pharaoh, learn all of the things that a Pharaoh would learn, and know those things being raised side by side with the person who will become the next Pharaoh who God will then use him to stand in front of and say, God said, let my people go. Why? Because God already looks ahead and makes provision, and sometimes that provision is the people God puts in your life. Amen. 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 What does God do? God always orchestrates things for our favor, so that in our oikos come the things that we need at the time that we need them. Amen. But as he said here, I'm praying that your eyes of your understanding be flooded with light, so when your oikos has what you need, you see it, (laughs) and you don't reject it. Amen. The man I was talking to that day, that man had an answer for me. But guess what? I rejected the answer because I was getting sharpened with iron and I was running from the issue. And I had to back away from it. I said, "Ooh, it's too hot in that room. (laughs) Woo, man, I got back up. But God's grace brought me back around into the environment. Amen. Amen. And so now when I go back in the room, I'm going to take the sharpening. Amen. Amen. Because why? Because the eyes of my understanding have been flooded with light. I see it now, what I didn't see before. Amen. Flip over to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. First point is, God has placed your inheritance in the saints. That's what I refer to as the Levite principle. The Levite principle is this. God makes tw- gets 12 tribes to go into the promised land. He says to one tribe, he said, you're not getting an inheritance. I need you to get ready to take this leap with me. You're not getting an inheritance because your inheritance comes from the kingdom. (laughs) Amen, come on. You are the Levites, priests to me, and because you're priest to me, I'm not going to have you out here trying to farm and trying to do this and trying to do that. I'm not going to do that. You seek me and I'll make sure that the kingdom prospers so that you are taken care of. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's called the principle of priesthood or the Levite principle. In other words, your neighbor has your blessing in their life already. Amen. You're producing on behalf of your neighbor. Amen. Now, what that never means is that I get to do nothing. (laughs) Amen. It also doesn't mean I'm going to stronghold you and say, hey, how come you're not giving me what I need? Amen. Amen. Because see, that would not be the kingdom mindset. Amen. So the kingdom mindset says, praise the Lord. I trust God is blessing you that we all might be blessed. Amen. 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 Come on. Ephesians 6 Here's what happens that shuts down the machine. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Now, we all will say, yes, this is about spiritual warfare. But did you ever wonder about why spiritual warfare? And under what conditions should you be doing spiritual warfare? Because we just want to fight because the devil showed up. But I'm the seed of Abraham. I've been given dominion over the enemy. So am I wasting my time fighting the devil I've already got dominion over? So is spiritual warfare to whoop the devil? (laughs) Oh, we have a quandary here, don't we? Stretch your mind. Stretch your thinking. You got to receive the whole word of God. The whole word of God. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Against the wiles of the devil. I want you to look closely at the word that's stated there. Why are we doing spiritual warfare? Not to fight, to stand. It doesn't say put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to fight against the devil. (laughs) come on, that you might be able to stand against the wiles or the trickery of the devil. Not to fight him, to stand against his tricks. (laughs) Amen. 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 Come on. I want you to listen close. Listen close. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we're not wrestling against people, right? Right. We're wrestling against principalities and powers. You said, well, isn't that fighting? It's wrestling. But wrestling has to be in tandem with standing. Pastor Edward, come here. If my job is to stand on this spot, I want you to try to push me a little bit. Okay? Push me again. Push me again. Push me again. Push it a little harder. That is a wrestle. The wrestle is to get you to move off of the spot where you stand. The trickery is to get you move off of where you're standing. And so the trickery or the wiles come from someone trying to get you off of where you're standing. And so we think about wrestling as in grappling and the way we see wrestling. But the word wrestle here means to push one off of a position. And if you think about true wrestling, true wrestling is to get somebody out of the circle. So they wrestle within a circle, and the goal is to get the person out of the circle. If you can get them out of the circle, you're the one in the circle, so you win. So wrestle, don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Know that there's something coming that you can't see. It's a principality and power trying to push you off of what God has given you to do. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Listen. Now listen. With that in mind... Think about what's written before this in the book of Ephesians. And it says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Servants, obey your masters. Because your inheritance is in the people around you, what Satan's tricks are, is to get you pushed off the key relationships in your life so that you don't have access to what's in them. If the enemy can wrestle you and push you off of what God has for you by dividing relationships and by breaking relationships, he robs you of the richness of the person that's sitting there with you. See, that passage doesn't stand by itself with no cause. It's following a sequence of of scripture that's telling you, you got to do things in your relationships. Husbands, you're going to have to love your wives like Christ loved the church. And guess what? Everything around you is going to try to get you not to love her like that. Wives, you got to respect your husbands. Guess what? Everything in the world is going to try to show you why you should not respect your husband. you were feeling depressed, you went to the doctor, they said, the problem is, is that your father knocked you on the head when you were six years old. That's why you got all the problems you got. Guess what? Now I hate my daddy. Come on, real. Let's talk real here, right? Everything's trying to separate you or break down your key relationships that should be a blessing to you, but they can't be a blessing to you because of the vision that the enemy creates. Come on, come on. Okay. Oh, Lord, do I have time? Do I have time? Do I have time? All right, I'm going. All right, I know it's hot. I know the heater's on, and I know it's hot. Amen. I know it's hot, so I'm, 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 bear with me just a moment. We activate spiritual warfare not to fight the devil, but to preserve that which God has blessed us with. Come on. You activate spiritual warfare not to fight a devil who you have dominion over, but to reclaim and to hang on to and to keep in line that which God has blessed you with. Because you've been blessed to be a blessing. And if you don't realize or the devil's telling, taking your blessing, you can't be the blessing you're called to be. And if the people who are blessing to you can't get to you because there's division between you, then you can't get the blessing. Amen. And the body of Christ can't grow because every joint that's supposed to supply is out of place. Amen. Amen. I'm, we're going to tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. Amen. Shame the devil. Shame on you devil. Say, shame on you devil. Shame on you. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 6. And I'm going to finish this next week, but I'm going I'm I'm to drop the bomb on you right now. I ain't got to the bomb yet. Amen. Luke chapter 6, here's the bomb. So you never say, I need you. I need you. Amen. Amen. Do you are my divine connection? Come on. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Remember, Jesus is teaching them about the kingdom. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says, but I say to you who hear, say "I I have a ear to hear, love your do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your coat, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you, and from him who takes away your goods, don't ask for it back. And just as you want men to do to you, you do also to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, What credit is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them back. All right, we stretching, aren't we? Amen. Verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive it back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the highest, and, and he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. And we read down further, it says, judge and, don't, and you will not be judged, condemn not, and you won't be condemned, right? Now, I'm reading this to you because you need to understand the enemy wants to push you off of your key relationships. He wants to bring you division. And the Jesus answer is, forgive. The kingdom answer to you retaining the blessings in your life is to forgive now romans tells us as much as is within your power you live peaceably with all men amen so i want to make something clear jesus says you got to love your enemy in other words when somebody makes themselves an enemy against you remember what what he, what did we read in ephesians we're not wrestling with flesh and blood in other words i don't have any human enemies except that's when those who have chosen to be my enemies I don't have any human enemies. Amen? Now, somebody chooses to make me their enemy, that means I got to love them. Well, what does that look like? That means you reach out love to people. If they don't respond, then they don't respond. Now, you need to know this about this reality. There's two kind of people that make themselves your enemies. One is when there's conflict or there's something that people have chosen that they don't like and they have separated themselves and say, I don't like that, and we're enemies. The other kind is those who God hardens their heart against you. And it's part of God's design. Amen. So I'm going to be transparent. as absolutely possible right now because you all know half of it. God hardened Pastor that's heart against me. I'm, going, I'm calling out, I'm being honest. Listen, I want you to listen to me. Because I'm free. I can say this. He's not evil. No, but I want you to understand, but I want you to understand something. God hardened Pharaoh's heart against Moses. They grew up in the house together. But God needed to extract people from Egypt to freedom. So God chose to harden hearts between the two of them so that God's will could be done. I could never leave Revival Center until hearts were hardened and I had to leave. I would have never been able to leave. God had to harden hearts between us so that I had to go. And when I left, What did God do? Then God is doing something new. Me leaving opened a door without controversy to what he's doing there. And he opened the door for what we do here. Amen. Amen. When God hardens hearts, the kingdom way is to not let the hardness of heart stop you from loving anyway. And if you don't understand that, then you will hate people when division comes between you rather than recognize when division comes, it's not always the devil. Sometimes God says, God came down in Genesis chapter 11, and this is what God said. Because they're of one language and one heart, they're not doing what I asked them to do. So now I'm going to confuse their language, and so you got to go that way, you got to go that way, you got to go that way, so that the glory of the Lord can be spread around the world. Amen? Come on. And if you understand that, if you understand that, then you never have to be mad at anybody because sometimes you will understand God is working his good pleasure. Amen. Come on. He's working for his glory. And because, because languages get confused, the people with the same language find each other. Amen. Amen. The people with the same language, they find each other. And I don't have to be mad at you because, you know, we don't speak the same language. Why? Because I still need you because I'm still connected with you, even though you speak a different language than I do. Amen. Amen. Come on. And because we can understand that, we can walk in love without any kind of fear or wrath or anything else. And we can speak the truth in love and understand that God is doing his pleasure. Amen. So we don't have to have something we can't talk about. We don't have to have a secret that can't be spoken. Because we're free. And we're prospering in our freedom. Because divine connections come. And God works his good pleasure. Amen. Amen. So guess what? If somebody's in your life who you're supposed to be connected to. And you're not connected right now. I want to invite you by the power of the Holy Ghost is to let it be restored. Let it be restored. And if you try to restore and they're not ready for the restore, then say, I love you. (sighs) And I will always love you. Amen. And then you keep on moving because that'll help you identify whether it's a hardened heart that God did by his design or whether it's strife that we need to repair. Amen. 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 Glory to God. There's freedom in this kind of prosperity. Amen. There's freedom in this kind of prosperity. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. God's, here's key point four, and we're going to pray. Key point four is this. God's agape love in us gives us access to God's inheritance in all people. God's agape love in us gives access to God's inheritance in all people. Praise the Lord. Can you receive what I'm telling you today? Amen. We are going to work divine connections because we're not afraid of strife or division. We know that people have answers and we are here to be an answer to people and we are here to be a blessing to people. So we're not going to be afraid to do what God tells us to do. Amen. And we're going to love everybody. If somebody makes themselves an enemy, recognize, guess what? You ain't my enemy. I don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You can't be my enemy. Even if you sprout horns and a tail, you ain't my enemy. Because I know you're really a human being. Amen. And I don't have any human enemies because I'm part of the body of Christ. And we're all growing up to the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. We're all becoming perfect in the things of God. And as we are maturing and becoming perfect, praise the Lord, we are all being grafted in. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and let's worship God for a moment. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that this is a day that we receive freedom Hallelujah. We receive revelation. We receive understanding, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are working in us to do your good pleasure. And we thank you, Lord, that we are embracing our divine connections. Thank you for listening to today's message titled Divine Connections Part 2 from our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com AbundantLifeWorship.net. We are excited about this series and hope you'll join us again next time. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.